Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. And uh, I caught something while we were singing. And uh, you know, while you're singing and worship the Lord, you know what happens? God can talk to you because you're getting yourself lined up with God. Anyway, Nita started pumping me up. Amen. I started to see a little flicker of fire there, you know. And then when the wind blows on it, <sighs> are you listening? Glory to God. Turn your neighbor and say, you need to catch the fire that the wind's blowing your way. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We're excited about that. Amen. Amen. Uh, Welcome to Law Enforcement Sunday. If you are here and uh, you've been in law enforcement or you are presently in law enforcement, we want to say thank you. And uh, I really want to apologize to you for letting it get to this point to where we have half of the society. Well, I'm not going to say half. We got some in society that get most of the attention that are anti-law enforcement. Guys, yeah, you keep that that blue up there. We here at Omega Church back the blue. Amen. And We're going to go into some things today that we'll talk about, but we back the blue. I'm here to apologize to you because the it all goes back. See, most people we we don't do this. God dealt with me years ago about this. He said most people never know how they got off track. Part of repentance is going back to where you deviated and reconstructing and demolishing all the deviations from that point. Are you following me? We can say it at contamination, at the point of contamination. And the reason why the society is broken, and I know you're standing, I stand all the time, so just cool your jets. Uh, The reason why Law enforcement has been mocked, ridiculed, defunded, blamed. Society blames law enforcement. And it's because of the corruption that's in our society. The reason why there's corruption in our society is because there's been corruption in the church. And the reason why there's corruption in the church is there's been corruption behind this podium. And I apologize to you, and I apologize before God, and I apologize to this society. And particularly on today, law enforcement. 
because it's gotten to that point. It's a degradation and a deviation from biblical order. And it's because people have had leadership in our churches that have been more interested in crowds than truth. We've turned our churches into a political system. I'm not talking about politics in the nation. I'm talking about a political circle inside the church. We're more interested in not offending than telling the truth. Just, can we be honest? Okay, let's be honest. When you're wrong and truth slaps you upside the head, you get offended. And you're lying if you don't say, if you don't acknowledge that. You know who you're lying to? Yourself. I hate correction. My flesh does. But I love the pre-peaceable fruits of righteousness that it brings. Are you following me? And so I, I will challenge you today. I want us right now, for the sake of those that are viewing uh, and may view this live stream, and those that are here today that have been or presently in law enforcement, I want us to pray for them now and honor them. And we make a pledge. I'm making this pledge. I'm putting myself on the spot. Every May, we will have Law Enforcement Sunday. Amen. You're worth honoring. And God says to do it. And uh, uh, we're going to start here, bring honor back here, and then it's going to spread through society. Okay? And those of you that have relatives or friends that are in law enforcement, you need to get them to view this live stream or podcast. The reason why is you need to help them to know that not everybody in society is stupid. Okay? Now, I want to say this to you. If you're in law enforcement or have been in law enforcement, I want you to go to the lobby at the close of the service. I want you to give us a way for us to send something to you. It will be sent in the mail. We're not going to use your address for solicitation. I don't do that. I've never done that. I may send you a thank you, but I never, never solicit through the mail. I told God when I got in the ministry, if you can't take care of the finances, I ain't going to do it. Follow me? All right, so we don't solicit. <clears throat> and a lot of people think maybe we're wrong, but too bad. You have a right to be wrong. <laughs> that was my condition of coming into the ministry. All right, I want us right now to pledge before them that we're going to pray over them. Say this before God. Jesus, Jesus. I want yours, you to witness this. Today, Today we, honor we honor law enforcement. Law enforcement. All, facets All facets of law enforcement, law enforcement. I, hold I hold as a ministry from you. Ministry from you. I, will them with honor I will treat 
and respect. From now on, I will not let anyone in my household dishonor them. If they're wrong, we thank you, Father, that you will correct them the way you correct us. We thank you, Lord, from this day forward, we will not be a lawless group, but we want your grace to shine upon us. We embrace them. Thank you for law enforcement. Now, Father, we give you the praise and honor for law enforcement. They're ordained of you. They're in order. Their ministry is just as important as, as ministry of the gospel. Because they're ordained by you. Without law enforcement, Father God, we would not have the means to spread the gospel publicly. We'd have to go underground. Thank you for them. Thank you for their willingness to put themselves on the line for our safety and protection. Thank you, Father, that their willingness to protect the Constitution of the United States. Now, Father, I thank you, Lord, if there's any in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you. I thank you, Father, that you draw them by your Spirit. Help them to come to the knowledge of the truth. That the stupidity that's in our society today didn't come from you. It came from a lack of acknowledging you. Father, I thank you that you protect them. Keep them safe and sound. Father, give them wisdom in, in snap decisions that only have split seconds to make a choice. Give them wisdom. Father, help them to be able to defuse situations with grace from the throne room. Now, Father, I thank you right now for your blessing upon them, their families. And Father, I thank you right now that your blessing is, is upon them. Help them to learn to walk in it, even as we are learning to walk in it. We give you the praise and the honor and glory for law enforcement. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to, you may be seated, we're going to be dismissing our 180. They're going to be dismissed to go into their smaller groups. And uh, they'll be, you know, each month we give uh, our whole team, all of our teams, a subject matter. And this month is the subject of honor. And because of that, the, the teens are going to be getting uh, teaching and on honor right now while we're in here. Our King's Kids is going to be teaching on honor. So uh, I want you to know we're all on the same page. Amen? Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad of that? Yes. I want to share this with you up front, give you a little bit of uh, how would I say? I want, you to, I want to stir you up by way of remembrance. That's biblical, by the way. 
we spent weeks and months talking on divine order. God works in systems. Each system that he created has an order to it, and it's governed by law. Now, when I say law, I'm talking about commands that make the system work. And I, I, I want to remind you of this before I get into what we're going to read today because it parallels to what we're talking about. Those law, we have so many times in the body of Christ trying to emphasize grace have really degraded the word law. And sometimes even ministers have gotten up and taught from the pulpit and left the impression that the opposite of grace is law. And that is not true. That is totally wrong. Then people slip into what is referred to as greasy grace. Grace is not greasy. Okay? Now here's what I mean by greasy grace. That it doesn't matter what you do, when you do it, your attitude, doesn't matter, God's going to save you anyway. That is not what the scripture says. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that you must honor the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But you not only honor what he did, but what he is doing today. And he sits on a throne. He sits on what? A throne today. Okay? Now, and guess what? The Bible says in Isaiah that this uh, virgin-born child that's going to come into the earth was going to have the increase of God's government on his shoulder. And that he was going to order it. He's going to do what? Order, order it. Sound like giving orders. Are you listening? And because we've had this attitude, the church has gotten sloppy with our responsibilities. Freedom has with it associated, connected, related, if you would, the word responsibility. Now, what is responsibility? It means you're able to respond now correctly to the freedom that came through Jesus Christ. A lot of Christians want to, and, and, and what I say it this way, I, I better back up. A lot of churchgoers want to go to church enough so they can escape fire and the eternal damnation. But they live like they are not born again. A sloppy life. Always remember this. Write this down. This is a statement you need to remember. Sloppiness leads to degradation. I've noticed in my own life, if I act sloppy, dress sloppy, that went real good. 
I, my attitude shifts. If I care less about my bedroom and I don't make the bed, my life seems to go in the attitude of an unmade bed. Now, a lot of people say, well, this is, this is, this is supposed to be law enforcement Sunday. What does making your bed have to do with that? Everything. These little things begin to degrade or degrade. And they lead down a path to the next level of degradation. The Christian life is a disciplined life. Boy, that really, really, one faint amen in the back. The Christian life is not a sloppy life. It's, it's totally contrary. I, in case you haven't understood this, our society is broken. And the reason why our society is broken, and it's broken in every aspect, is because the church has been broken. The church has been broken because we have had a sloppy attitude towards the Word of God. That sloppy attitude leads to negligence. Negligence now begins to take on the attitude of degradation. Think about this for a moment. When you first get a new automobile, no one better breathe on it. Okay? After you've had it a little while, you start getting a little sloppy yourself, then you're, guess what? You've had it for a few years, and it looks like it's ready to go to the junk pile. Hello? Boy, this went really good. I know I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad I come to this church. Now, that's with the thing. I noticed this. Let's take it out of that category and lose it, use it in another category. Degregation starts with the words of your mouth. Listen carefully. I want to give you... I was wanting to read, but I, I, I've got to give you this first. Okay? Are you all with me? You, you're willing? Are you really willing? How many of you willing for your neighbor? Okay. Listen to this. Corrupt talk, corrupt thought, corrupt attitudes, corrupt emotions lead to dishonor. And it started with corrupt talk. I'm going to give you a prime example. See, we, we got a generation now that they say up is down and down is up. And they say backwards is forward. Uh, they say wicked is, is, is cool. Are y'all talking? Are, are you, your faces are talking to me. <laughs> and because there's a degradation in our talk, we take love and misplace it. We love things. 
And once in a while, we like people. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. If I start saying, I like donuts, or I mean, excuse me, I love donuts, then I, I am directing, listen carefully, I am directing my speech. That word love is, is affection. I have affection for donuts. Okay? And because I have affection for donuts, I hate my body. Wow, 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 wow. And you'll notice the more you talk about, I love donuts, the more you're going to crave them. Even at the degradation of your body that you're supposed to hold is sacred and honor, honorable. Now this doesn't get me any donuts, but I don't need any anyway. You can say, I like donuts. I like them, but I'm not in love with them. If I never eat another donut the rest of my life, I'm okay. Wow, wow, wow. You see, it's a, it, it, we, we're careless with our words, and then we, and we want things that... Whatever you... You need to get Wednesday night. I don't have time to go back to Wednesday night, but you need to listen to Wednesday night. Whatever you respect, you attract. If you respect donuts over your body, you're going to attract the effects of donuts. Wow. And do you know what the Bible tells you? The Word of God tells you that your body is sacred in the eyes of God. And then we want to know why, when we disrespect our body, why we disrespect babies. We love baby whales, but we disrespect babies. Do you know that we're the only species, if you want to put us in the animal kingdom, which you don't belong in, that's not the category, because you're in the God kingdom. Amen. You're created in the image of God, not in the image of an animal. Amen. See, that's another distortion of words. But even in putting yourself in the category of the animal kingdom, the animal kingdom... The mother does not eat or kill their offspring. Amen. They don't do it. They just don't do it. They protect them with their life. Amen. And yet, we'll have people go to church and say they love God honoring him with their lips and dishonoring them with their heart and they're more interested in saving their pet animal than they are the baby that's in their womb. And we want to know what's, what's broken about our society. And you know what's the problem? Probably about half the church is supported that politically. 
Okay? You say, well, Pastor Ron, I am so glad, and it took a archbishop of the Catholic Church to come down on Nancy Pelosi and say, you cannot have communion until you publicly repent. You know what's disgraceful, though? Here you have an archbishop that will take a stand, but you've got evangelicals that are worried about offending their congregation by telling them the truth. You are not in fellowship with God if you support killing the unborn and shedding their innocent blood. And yet, we'll serve you communion. Turn to your neighbor and say, man, woo! you are in church. Remember this. We talk about our talk. Bad company. Bad company. Let me put it another way. Bad fellowship and association corrupts good morals. And so we associate and we get emotionally attached to anybody and everybody because after all, we just want to make them feel welcome. <laughs> and so we got a fad in the church and we got watered down preaching from the pulpit and the fad is if we have the crowd, we're obeying God. I different were that because Noah didn't have the crowd and he obeyed God. Winds are blowing differently, but you got to hear this. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to you for the next few moments about respecting authority. Honor has to do with the heart. Honor has to do with timing or time. It comes from a, a Greek word, I believe it is T-I-M-A-O or something like that. And I don't know how to pronounce it, but it means time. Time's involved. Okay. Just because you obeyed your parents once does not mean you honor them. Sometimes we obey enough so we won't get caught for the things we didn't do right. And we put on this fallacy, oh, they're a good little child. When behind their back, they're lying, cheating, stealing, and they're manipulating you. Don't look at me in that form. There ain't a person in here who ain't done it. Your fall of human nature is that corrupt. And kids know how to manipulate their parents. And you notice that it doesn't have to be taught. Well, what happens when they get caught? The first thing they do, the first thing they do when they get caught, they try to blame their siblings. What, what about them? They want to divert the attention. What do you call that? Manipulation. Hello. The problem with me growing up 
Most of my siblings are at least eight years older than me. Some of them are old enough to be my parents. And they all act like my parents. So I couldn't get by with anything. But my point is, <laughs> it was hard for me to blame it on somebody else. I'll never forget one time. Okay? I'll never forget that. I'm telling off. This is something that's under the blood of Jesus. But you need to hear it for a poor example. Years ago, and I'm talking about this is years ago, I was probably eight years old, maybe somewhere in there. Kitty City, if you don't know what Kitty City was, it was a toy, toy a retail outlet. Kitty City was probably three or four miles, uh, three or four blocks, maybe five or six at the most from where we lived. And I rode my bike down there, and I had a pocket full of change. Pocket full of change. And I rode my bike down to Kitty City, and I'm looking through all of this stuff and figuring out what I wanted to buy, and I found a little cap gun like this that I liked, you know. And I noticed that the cap gun, instead of being wrapped in the, the, the container that it was in, had been opened. My lightning fast mind was going to justify my attempt to steal it. Yeah, but you're a preacher's son. Fallen human nature doesn't care what household you've been raised in. And this is where I reasoned it in my head. My reasoning was they can't sell that. They're going to have to throw it away because the packaging's messed up on it. So instead of them throwing it away, why not just give it to me? <laughs> now listen, we've deviated. We've gone way down the road from what I'm talking about, society. Because now you can steal up to $1,000 and you won't get prosecuted. Anyway, I attempted to try to take it. And the manager was watching me. You know, kind of hiding. And he caught me. And he says, what are you doing, sir? And I said, well, I'm trying to uh, see what I want to buy, you know. Of course, I was petrified anyway. Had that little gun stuck in my pocket right here. Had my money right over here. Could have bought it. Could have bought it. And he says, oh, yeah. And he picked up that empty container. And I knew right then he saw me. Reality sunk in. I immediately pulled it out of my pocket and handed it to him. And he said, son, what's your name? And I said, Ronnie. He said, what's your last name? Alan. What is your telephone number? Now listen carefully. We live behind the church, so our telephone number and the church telephone number was the same. Okay? We still have that telephone number today. And I said, it's 923-2220. Man, I hesitated. I did everything I could to talk him out of it. I said, it's 2220. He said, okay. 
So he not only called the house, thank God my dad didn't answer. <laughs> it happened to be one of my older siblings that, well, there wasn't no younger siblings because I'm the last one. But it happened to be one of my siblings, and they answered the phone. Thank God they answered the phone. And they told mom, but they didn't tell dad. Because the first question I asked them is, does dad know? And they called him to come pick me up. But at the same time, he had called the police officer. The police officer showed up. Now, the police officer didn't have to do anything except stand there. Okay? And they brought me home. Now, I never got a spanking over that because I got spanked. I bawled for hours. Now we have so degraded ourselves. Law, the law doing what it was intended to do, corrected, chastised, rebuked me not to yield to a seducing spirit. Do you understand what I just said to you? Had I had a parent or a sibling or, or uh, this manager of this kitty city <laughs> that were not doing their responsibility, I could be in prison or yet worse, dead by now. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Now, I know that this sounds, you know, it doesn't sound too spiritual. But this is one of the most spiritual sermons I could teach you. This is in the New Testament. Every scripture that I could read to you right now that I'm going to have written down here is in the New Testament. It ain't in the Old Testament. So the law is not the opposite of grace. The law supports grace. Because it wasn't God who was influencing me to do something that was going to disgrace me. Whenever we dishonor, whoever we dishonor, whatever we dishonor, will disgrace us. Do you follow what I'm saying? And so, that right there helped me get a correction. That law being enforced at my early age corrected me. Everybody say corrected me. And it did it in a sharp manner. It didn't worry about my feelings. It didn't worry about my feelings. Thank God it wasn't concerned about my feelings. Truth, real truth, does not, is not concerned on how you feel about it. And Jesus said, if you would continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It freed me from a deceiving, seducing spirit that wanted a spirit of stealing to dominate my life. 
It helped me to get free of that influence. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Our churches have been full of we want to feel good and no truth. Don't talk to me about we want all of our prophecy to prophesy good things to me. When sometimes prophecy is there for edification, exhortation, and comfort. It is to exhort you in the right direction. Not to make you feel comfortable about being wrong. Woo, man. In case you don't know it, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just refer to this one place. Matthew chapter 8, and you'll find it again in Luke chapter 7. Jesus was coming into an area and a centurion soldier who had no covenant relationship with God. None. Zero. Had a servant that was at home, sick, fixing to die. And this centurion, Roman centurion soldier said, I am not worthy that Jesus should come to my house, but I know that he has authority. So he sent messengers because he supported the Jewish faith. Didn't have to. He knew the difference between right and wrong. And so the Jewish leaders came to Jesus and said, this centurion has a servant that is ready to die and he would like for you to heal him. Come with us. And Jesus said, I'll go with you. But before he could get to this centurion's house, the centurion sent another messenger said, don't come. Don't bother yourself coming into my house because I'm not worthy. In other words, I don't have covenant relationship but I do know this. I am a man, listen carefully, you need to get this phrase, under authority. Everybody say under it. There's not a human being on this planet that's not under authority. In America, everybody is under authority. You know what the authority is? The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution. And when there is trying to be someone that thinks they're superior to that law of the Constitution, because all of our freedoms come from God, they don't come from a dictator. Are you waking up about right now? If you don't recognize that, then you think it comes by, by our elected officials. No, it doesn't. Elected officials are supposed to serve us, not the other way around. And they cannot immune themselves from the Constitution. If the people understand that our rights came from God and not from them. That's how our country was founded. This man says, I am under authority. If I say to this servant, go do this, he has to go do it. If I say to this, this soldier, go do this, he has to do it. 
And he said, do you know why I know that? Because I'm under, everybody say under, authority. In other words, there are people over me that tell me what to do. Authority, listen carefully, is delegated. Everybody say delegated. delegated. That means it comes from a superior, delegated authority. Okay? And it has changed. It comes all the way from God, all the way down. From God, all the way down. And he said, because I understand authority, all you have to do, Jesus, is speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus stopped. And he was amazed, and he made a statement to, to the followers, his disciples, those that were following him. And he said, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. Israel is the one that had covenant relationship. This man didn't even have one, but he understood authority. And he said, I've been looking for this kind of faith in Israel, and I couldn't find it. Nobody is top to this level. Now listen very carefully. When you understand delegated authority and understand the chain of command, when you understand it, live by it, it causes your faith to skyrocket to another level. Do you know what? Most of the body of Christ lives on a lower level of faith. They have to have people lay hands on them. They have to have people prophesy to them. They have to have all of this little stuff. Do you know that laying on of hands most of the time has to do with people having, when they're sick, has to do with people that are more influenced by the feeling and the symptom of their body than they do the Word of God. Now, don't misunderstand me. I've had people lay hands on me, and I want you to lay hands on me when the symptom is crying out, and I can't hear God's Word as close. So I don't want anybody to misunderstand that. But skyrocketing your faith to a level that when the symptom is screaming at you, you scream back. And you say, in the name of Jesus, you have to obey, body, the Word of God. Amen. When you can do that, it accelerates and causes your faith level to go to another extreme, and demons quake at that. Because you can only cast a demon out by the Word of God. Amen. Are you hearing me? That's how you cast a demon out. Okay. Jesus marveled at this. He said, I've been looking for this. And he said, because you have this kind of faith, your servant will be healed. And his servant was healed without Jesus touching him, without Jesus going into that man's house, but by speaking the word only. You know why? Because he understood the authority that Jesus had been given 
from the Father and it came from heaven. And he says, I know that if you say, be whole, he'll be healed. Are you listening? See, you grant, your heart is able to... Every person needs to understand authority. And the only way you can understand it is to get under it. Quit griping at the police officer when he pulls you over because you need a check on your speed. They're doing their job. And for goodness sake, don't be stupid when they do pull you over and rebel. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. And let them give you instructions because they don't know who you are. Now, would you like to be able to stop somebody and you don't know if they're a renegade, absolute rebellion? They, they don't know nothing about you. You good little church goer, you. It's amazing to me how many Christians have absolutely violated their faith when the truth of the matter is they know when they got pulled over, they know that they disobeyed the law. And yet they'll hire a fancy lawyer to undo the correction that God brought to them. Man, we're talking about the Holy Ghost this morning. You don't know what you just did to yourself. And you sow that, and I promise you, you're going to not understand why your children rebel at you. Especially if they're in the back seat and they know it. And you're all, you're all worried about your insurance premium. <laughs> you better be concerned about the ripple effects it's going to have in your life. I've been pulled over. Sometimes I've been pulled over and I've had tickets assigned to me that were not just based upon the law. Those I contested. I got two tickets one time and I said I am not going to uh, fight against the ticket that I turned left when I wasn't supposed to. But the ticket that says that I had to have a certain kind of license that I didn't have to have according to the Texas handbook, which I had right there in my possession, I fought that one. The other one I paid. Are you listening? Here's, here's the thing. Our society is screwed up because the church hasn't taken any of the things I'm talking about seriously. Go with me to the book of Romans. I'll read out a modern English version here. Chapter 13. All the law enforcement, you can buy me lunch. I'm teasing. We're going to buy your lunch. All right. Romans chapter 13. I'll be reading verses 1 through 7. And I know what time it is, but just give me just, just this moment, okay? Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. 
and those that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur, incur judgment. Rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil works. Do you wish to have no fear of, a, of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from him. For he is the servant of God for your, for your, for your good. But if he, if he do what is evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. I, I still don't get this. How in the world do you think you could be stupid and resist a gun? Okay. <clears throat> For he is the servant of God, an avenger to execute wrath upon him who practices evil. Who is he to avenge, uh, revenge and, and execute judgment on? Those that practice evil. Our society is broken because we've got lawlessness. Why do we have lawlessness? Because there, I've had people in church, I can sit here and read a scripture, say in their heart, I don't believe that. No, you don't have to believe it. Here again, you can be stupid. You're not ignorant, you're stupid. Ignorant means you don't know. Stupid is where you re refuse. And all fool, fools are stupid. All right, moving right along. That was it. I added bonus, by the way. <laughs> For this reason, uh, let me go right there. So it is necessary, verse number five, to be in subjection. Not only because of wrath. That Listen. That day that I was caught in that Kitty City toy store, I was concerned about wrath. <laughs> Just to be honest, I wasn't concerned about my conscience at the time. I concerned about wrath. But when you take, when you take the sting of wrath out, and now we have whole businesses that won't be in communities and say we're moving out of the community because we won't arrest you. They won't arrest you. They won't prosecute you if you steal as much as $1,000 worth of goods. In open, proving you did it, they're not going to prosecute it. Something wrong with our society. Guess where it starts? Right here. Our churches have become entertainment centers versus the center of truth. Amen. But you know what? That's changing. Amen. I'm giving you some. There's a wind blowing. Come on. And it's going to set. There's a spark. And it's going to ignite. And it's being ignited all across this land. And whatever you think, I'm going to just go ahead and say it because this is law enforcement. Whatever you think about the border. Get, listen carefully, I know, <laughs> Jesus, boldness. Get 
your culture off your shoulder. Okay? What is taking place at the border is illegal. And you're going to embrace illegal as if you poor little thing. The same attitude when they go into Walgreens and steal a thousand dollars worth of goods. You poor little thing, you need it more than we. We're not even going to prosecute you. In fact, we may give you a few hundred dollars to go out with it. Then you want to know why society is lawless. We'll embrace that, but how about when they come to your house? Because they're going to come. If we continue to support such nonsense. And you know what? We don't even respect human life. I'm talking about society now. But the church has got to hear this. What you do in society is important. Jesus didn't call you here to wait until you die so you can go to a place called heaven and have tranquility. You're here to be agents of the kingdom of God because he is setting up his kingdom on earth. What about Jesus' prayer when he taught his disciples, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is where? Do you think there's this lawlessness in heaven? The grace of God influences every heart. And guess what that grace of God does? It teaches them to live the way you were created to live. Titus chapter 1, verse 8. All right. We're almost through. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you, do you need a napkin for your head? Breaking out a little sweat? Okay. For this reason, oh, so it is necessary to be subjection not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. God wants you to have a freed conscience, a clear conscience. It's not only for, the, for worried about wrath, it's also for you to have free conscience. If you don't have a free conscience, then guess what? You're going to be condemned on the inside. Many of us in this congregation today and viewing by live stream have fallen under the spirit of condemnation. And why is that? Because our conscience is not clear. Why is it not clear? Because we haven't applied the blood of Jesus over it to blot out all the mess and let him reconstruct the way we think, the way we feel, the way we talk, the way we walk. God wants you to have a clear conscience. Where there's nothing between you and God. If there's nothing between you and God, He don't want you to have anything between you and other fellow, uh, fellow people. First step is get a clear conscience with God. It's not a matter if somebody else saw it or didn't see it. It's a matter on your relationship with God. Justifying disobedience 
to what he ordained in a system of order violates your conscience. Now, you may not think so at first, but any, listen carefully, dishonor leads to degradation. You disgrace yourself when you dishonor. Let me give you an example. Nita was talking about Thanksgiving. Instead of griping that you got to make your bed, why don't you get up and thank God you got one? It starts right there. Parents, you better listen to what I'm saying to you. Your responsibility, you know why our children have been hijacked in our society and the educational system? Because you have forfeited your right to be the number one educator in their life. And he's like, I'm going to send them to school, let somebody else do it. And guess what they're doing? They're teaching them to disobey you. Yet, society expects you to pay for their upbringing. You are their number one educator. That's God's divine order. And now it's not only moved into the educational, out of the educational system, it's now moved into the entertainment system. To where the entertainment system says you have no right as a parent deciding on how you should train your children. We have the right. And if you support Disney, you are supporting disobedience to God. A spark is here today, and the wind is blowing. I hope it sets a fire inside you. Verse number 6. Glory to God. For this reason, you also pay taxes. I didn't say overpay them. There's a lot... It needs, they need to be held accountable. Our system is broken because it, our, even our tax system is broken. There's a reason why it's broken. Because we have dishonored God in his order of things. And now the, the devil has people in places of authority that now dis, disgraces and dishonors God's order. The order is to pay taxes, but not to pay it to where it costs 40% of your income. Let me ask you a question. Does government, does government deserve more than God? No. If God only requires 10%, the government requires 40. Don't tell me there's a... They're taking your tax dollars by the millions and spending it on investigating some little bug out here on how it affects certain things. The federal government, state government has got no business in that. That's, not, that's what, what taxes are for. Do you know why it's degraded to that point? It's degraded to that point because the church hasn't been hearing what I'm talking about. And we haven't had the courage until we face now a broken system. In case you don't know it, I recognize something. God raised me up for these last days. 
Amen. The anointing that is upon me is for these last days. For this reason we also pay taxes, for they are God's servant, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all that is all what is due them. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Respect to whom respect is due. Fear to whom fear is due. And honor to whom honor is due. Yeah. Now I'm going to be closing with this. But I want you to grasp this. Do you know really why our society is broken? Do you really comprehend this? We've got two political parties in our system. One, I pray to God, totally falls apart. Amen. The other one, it is possible maybe to salvage it. I cannot com comprehend how any true Bible-believing Christian can stand with a party that says we vote out God. That has happened. And yet, we support it. Who has on their platform that we love ourselves more than we love others, particularly the innocent. The other one, a lot of times, has had pretense, talking about standing for the right thing, but never being held accountable. Do you know why both of these parties are in the shambles they're in? Because the church didn't become responsible with their freedom. We did not take the word of God and apply it to the voting booth if we voted. We've been told behind the pulpit not to get involved with politics. Politics is a joke because the church hasn't been involved in it. And then those of us that have gotten involved in it, a lot of times... We're more interested in rubbing shoulders and hopnobbing with those that are in public office because they're more interested in being seen than they are representing God in that voting booth. You say, Pastor Ronnie, you're preaching hard. Well, if you want, if you want passive, sissy preaching. Find another church. Just find one. There's plenty of them around. There's plenty of them around. But if you want to hear the truth that will change your life and society, then you need to support this. I'm not just talking about financially. You need to believe what is said. Investigate it. Check it out from the Word of God. Take it seriously. Apply it to your everyday life. And go out there and be the, the ambassador from heaven that you were called to be. Amen. We're not here to go along 
we're, and, and to get along, we're here to represent Jesus. Yes. Jesus, listen, this same type of corruption was during his time while he was here on earth. And he absolutely used from the Father the truth to set the people free. We're in trouble, folks. And if you don't get a clear perspective, the devil will cloud the issue so that you will stay in a state of confusion and he can manipulate you to be on the wrong side of this. Understand something that is very important. If you sow to fallen human nature, you will of that fallen human nature reap corruption. That's what we've got. Corruption. Because we, as a body of Christ, I'm talking about the whole body of Christ, not just Omega Church. We, as a body of Christ, have sowed our lives to corruption. And we've had pulpit ministers that have helped us. Justified it. I'm repenting before this congregation, before, before society. You will never, ever, ever not hear truth from this pulpit again. I don't care how famous the preacher is. If they don't preach the truth from the Word of God, they'll never touch this pulpit. Not as long as I'm alive. Somebody else wants to compromise, that's their business. Anybody that we have here to speak, it's going to be imperative that they speak the truth of God's Word. If they don't, I will rebuke them. Never have them again. I am emphatic about what I'm talking about. Because if we take a passive approach to this, like previous generations, we're going to aid and embed the enemy. Our freedoms will be lost, and then they'll come to a point we cannot preach the gospel publicly. And we say, well, that can't happen here in America. If the church doesn't do something, it will happen. Because that's where they're going. That's what the far left want. Far left wants that. This is all about silencing the church in the last days. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. Would you do with me one thing? Just stand with me if you can. We're going to repent before God and make a vow before God. Thank you, Jesus. You that are viewing by live stream, we don't want to leave you out. A spark has been lit in our society. And the winds of heaven are blowing on it. And it needs to catch fire and burn up all the chaff. Yes. Burn it all up so that God can fix where we went wrong. Glory to God. Would you just say this with me, please? And, and say this to God. If you, if you don't mean it, don't say it. Say, Jesus... I stand before you today and I make a commitment that my life 
belongs to you. It doesn't belong to myself. I invite you to correct me, instruct me, rebuke me if necessary, but keep me in the paths of righteousness. Help me not to love being embraced by others more than being embraced by you. Jesus, I want your truth to prevail in my talk, in my thought, in my walk, in my attitudes, in my emotions. For you are my creator. My freedoms come from you. I will embrace the responsibility of that freedom. Thank you, Jesus, for life. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for giving me your breath. Help me to use this time on earth to glorify you and bring honor to your name in all aspects of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Now, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you right now that you're talking to us as a body of Christ. And you're saying to us, Father, for us to repent. By making this commitment to you, we are turning away from our failings and shortcomings. We're turning towards you. When you correct us, we're going to embrace it. Father, we will no longer pet our feelings but we'll embrace your word for your word is truth. Lord, we want to excel with our belief and we don't want a religious activity without your power. Your power is in your word. It's able to transform the individual, the family, the marriage, our finances, our society, in every aspect. Father, you are blowing from heaven for the spark of your word to be a fire in our soul. Thank you, Father, for that fire. Lord, I thank you right now that we would love people enough to deal with truth in sincerity. Verses trying to protect a godless opinion. Father, I thank you right now, glory to God, that you're moving across this land. You're moving and you're going to reconstruct what we've allowed to be built out of the flesh. And you're going to reconstruct it and set it up in divine order after your spirit. Start with us. Start with our, our families, our marriages, our finances, our opinions, our motivations. Now, Father, I pray right now for every person that may have some physical ailment, 
that they need to be healed of. Jesus, you came to heal. Help us not to be foolish like those of your own hometown that did not honor the word that was spoken to them when you were present to heal them all. Help us not to murmur and complain about the authority that you set up in our lives, but help us to embrace it so freedom may abound in our minds and in our bodies. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. I'm going to say this. Grasp it. Healing is coming to your house. Embrace this truth and healing is coming to your house. It's coming. It's taking a step forward as you embrace. It's taking a step towards you. Glory be to God. It's coming. Glory be to God. In a very short period of time, many of you are going to come in here and say, Pastor Ronnie, I got to tell you what the Lord has done. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Now, fathers, we leave this place. We thank you that your grace would surround us like a shield. Follow us everywhere we go. Lord, we thank you that you have given us ears to hear what you're saying. And we hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. You've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us the name of Jesus to use, which we invoke right now. We declare, say this with me, in the name of Jesus, we declare there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Say this with me out loud. Father, fill us so full of your love that as, I, as we go into our everyday lives, your love would ooze out of us and touch those we come in contact with. Thank you, Jesus, that you're honoring that. Amen. Glory to God. Give five people a high five. Law enforcement, don't forget to see those people in the lobby. We want to take care of you. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.